Well, ladies and gentlemen, Ben Dixon here, president of the Direct Selling Executives Forum. Super excited uh, for our session today. Um, this is a topic that we unpacked at the DSEF three years ago, and a lot has changed in the last three years. And so as you were asking questions and you know, was gathering them in the forum on how to attract sheroes from your organization, I knew that I wanted to invite uh, Belinda Lee uh, out to speak on the session today. Uh, Belinda, thank you so much for joining us today. We're just pumped to have you here. Good to have you on. I'm looking forward to the discussion today. It's a hot topic. <laughs> it is. Now, now for those of you that don't know Belinda, she's dialing in from Dubai uh, to be here today. Uh, Belinda Lee worked in Asia, North America, and now the Middle East, has an exceptional track record demonstrating self-motivation and sustainable personal and corporate goals. Uh, she emphasizes organizational alignment, execution, and quality with a never-ending focus on ROI. She's a corporate executive with over 30 years of experience. So that means she got started when she was one year old because you can see how young uh, Belinda <laughs> is, right? And she started her career in management in a New York-based day spa when she was 12 months old. And Elizabeth Arden, Red Door, leading the first spa in Alberta, Canada, and then expanded to Vancouver, BC, Canada, where she continued to bring her expertise in education industry and spearheaded the Brand Art Institute in Vancouver, BC. That is such a beautiful area. When you served as the director of admissions. Mm -hmm. And and here's why we've invited Belinda. For the last 18 years, she's been involved in the direct selling and network marketing space in business development, market expansion, strategic planning, operations, change management in both public and private direct selling companies from vice president to a chief level position, working both the public and private sectors. Now, the reason we invited Belinda Gang is in addition to all that she's done in the direct selling space for almost two decades, uh, she also hosts a podcast on uh, women development and what women can do in this world and for women. And, and gang, when you think about attracting a shiro to a she-hero to your direct selling network marketing company, this is a hot topic. And so with that, we we're just so grateful to have Belinda here. Now, if you're brand new to the Direct Selling Executives Forum and you haven't yet uh, grabbed your free membership in the in the LinkedIn portal, um, it's invite only gang by other direct selling executives who come out and share on these events each week. Um, just go to LinkedIn and look for Direct Selling Executive Forum in your search bar, or you can go to directsellingexecutiveforum.com and, and fill an application so you get access to all of these uh, videos. Also, if you're watching on the stream and you're someone who likes to subscribe on YouTube or Spotify or Anchor FM, or maybe you're an Apple podcast person, yes, these are available there as well. So to get access to more episodes, do go to your favorite podcast platform and subscribe so you can get these on the go and be able to listen in. All right. With that, I want to invite our host to come out for today. I'll be sitting on the panel with Belinda as we unpack this topic. Gail Ansado, who's been hosting our Women in Leadership series out of Davao City, Philippines. Gail, thank you for being here today and for hosting the session. Thank you, Sir Ben, and welcome to today's CSEF, everybody. It's so great to have you here, Belinda. And uh, in today's episode, we dive into a topic that's crucial for any organization looking to create a diverse and inclusive workforce. Our topic is how to attract Shiro's to your referral marketing company. And in every industry, there are extraordinary women who are leading the way, breaking barriers, and making significant impact. And these Shiro's are not only changing the narrative, but also inspiring others to follow in their footsteps. Now, our first question is, where do we start? What are the first steps that you would invite a corporate team to take as they prepare to create a framework to attract Shiro's to their respective companies. Mm -hmm. 
You know, when I first um, saw your questions, um, it's uh, I have this shiro. Okay, interesting. It's a she and a her, but a hero. <laughs> so a woman wearing a cape. Um, yes. Thanks for the question. I think this is indeed a very hot topic and everyone talks about it. And, and I think more and more so women are able to express themselves in many platforms and forums and educate others and the public and how to become sheroes. Um, but I think the, the core question is actually, um, it, we look at the corporate side is actually the culture of, of the corporation. Um, we talk about wanting balance, we talk about wanting diversity, and I've sat on many C-level panels where um, I hear it quite a bit. And when I really dial down to it, asking the hot question is that, okay, out of your 100% of your employees, how many percent are females? And the numbers are fairly small. And um, the be at best, probably 30%. If not, is 10, 20%. And the 80% are consist of men. And uh, why do we do that? Why do we say that we want diversity and balance and yet so many seats are given to the men and so little to the women? Um, we don't wanna say that there's disparity, right? Because I think a woman is equally smart, is equally educated, but I think there's more and more education that needs to be done on the corporate side as well as um, to bring in more female, interview them and, and allow more seats for them to, to, um, to actually uh, work in this capacity. Um, culture is extremely important. Um, of course, hiring a men and, and women is different because um, the men uh, will come into work, you know, 40 hours, sometimes 50, 60, and sometimes women have to uh, bury a child. And, uh, you know, they have a bare child, they're, they're pregnant and they have the maternity leave. So that's the, I would say the only difference. But in the modern world of USA and in Canada, um, there is fraternity now, fraternity leave that involves both men and women. So again, we're getting, we're bringing the gap closer, but still the numbers are too, too small because I think the connotation when we look at a woman is, okay, you have quite a bit of obstacles. You can actually carry out your, your core duties compared to a man who's got no problems at all. So that education itself needs to come from the core. I think culture, culturally, uh, the HR department needs to understand the, the difference between having a female employee and a male employee. And when a company or organization can actually overcome that, then we can start to attract sheroes into the company. You know what I like about what you're saying? I always think about this too, is some of the direct selling companies we run into, they want to attract you know, younger people into their organization or younger folks mm -hmm. that say, man, all of our distributors, you know, in their 60s or even 70s, because our big run was in the 80s or the 90s, or you'll hear this in meetings. And I'm always amazed when I look around the room and I'm like, it's all guys in this room, like the board table will be, you know, if it's seven, eight guys that have all been working together for 22 years, it's like, have we hired any ladies? Because you'll get those insights just to your, to your point, um, Belinda, you'll get the insights on how to attract, you know, younger women to come promote your direct selling products by having some women on the executive team that can help tailor your messaging and your culture and what you do um, to speak to those people. And so you, you it's got to be more than just the field. I mean, the DSA puts out info where you see, oh, wow, you know, 80% of direct sellers in the United States are American or are women. Well, what is your executive team structure like? It's a great question, Belinda. Thanks for, you, thanks for bringing you it up. Hit it, you hit the nail 
right? It's um, if you look at the direct sales industry, majority of the field is female. The female would be the first to say yes. The female is going to take up a position. The female is going to be, yeah, I'll take up the opportunity. And when it grows, the man comes in and they build a bank. And that's the fact. Um, but if you look at the corporation of a direct sales company, majority of men, and not only that in the, in the board, for example, in the C-level positions, how many of them are women? They may have some women, but a lot of the key positions are not, are not women. They are men. And the low positions are given to the women. And so I ask myself, do these women have a say in decision-making? Are any, it's, it's great to hire them in-house, but do you allow them to speak? Mm -hmm. Do they have a voice? I think that ultimately is, is key. Agreed. Yeah, I think Gail's got the, <laughs> the next one. I was looking at what's coming in here. Let's unpack that further. Go ahead, Gail. Yeah. Uh, the next question is actually, what elements are must for creating a strategy to attract sheroes to their organization? Um, a great question again. And that that also kind of continues from the first question, which is culture, um, accepting the females to come in and most importantly, uh, allowing them to be uh, themselves and have a voice. Mm -hmm. uh, that is key. I mean, we look at the decision-making um, leadership and I can tell you, and, and Ben, you know the stats and you use the stats more than I do. And um, how many seats does a woman carry in an office? For the woman out there who's listening to this podcast, I wanted to say, when you're given the chance to sit on, you know, to take a spot in that chair to make a decision, make good decisions, listen in and tune in to, to the facts and, and really understand, you know, uh, what's happening in the environment, uh, what's happening with, with your sales, your numbers, your, you got to understand your numbers, you got to understand the trend, you got to understand, you know, the, the discussion that is happening in the room. Don't just speak because you have a voice. Um, uh, speak when you you have something to contribute. I think that's really key. Um, when you're sitting in the boardroom with men and, and they're discussing some hot topics and you're just diving in because you have a voice, that is not going to help the position of the women. Um, already you're looking at, um, you know, as I would call the minority sometimes, you got to be smart about it too as well. So do majority of the, 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 um, the listening. When you have a voice to speak up, speak up clearly, boldly, but make sure you state your facts. And that's, that's very important. Yeah, I've I've seen that as well as is, is creating the space um, for this feedback. So if it is important, you think about what roles does it feed into. You know, if you're if you're the other element as a must is you think about field leadership roles on the corporate side. So many times we have a director of field leadership or director of field training or director of of marketing, and so you think of like what role does it is it really important that we have someone who's most like our customer in. And so if, if you know 80% of your customers are female or 90% of your customers are female, it's like, well, should your director of marketing um, uh, be a woman or should they, should they, your director of field leadership be a woman who could speak to how they would train that better? Because men and women are different. So we talk about how, well, we can all do the same things, but also wire differently and connect differently. And so that's why it's, it's helpful to have those people in those roles. Yes, absolutely. Creating that space that's needed for that to accommodate the questions. And also the the void. Belinda, you, you talked about how you mentioned that women, uh, when they get to a position, they shouldn't speak just because they have a voice and that they have uh, they have to speak clearly, boldly, and back it up with facts. 
what are some pitfalls that you've seen over the last year or over the past years that you'd encourage corporate teams to avoid when dealing with or attracting Shiro's in general? Um, again, very, very hot topic too as well. When we have the Shiro's in, in the office, what do we do with them? <laughs> what, what what should they actually, you know, how did it form? Um, mm -hmm. Well, first of all, it's there is a lot of women out there that uh, wants and have the desire and have the ambition to take on bigger roles. Uh, they have the ambition to become better and um, also to compete in the space with the men. Generally speaking, when I when I am working in an environment or in an office or a corporation, I see men and women, they, but they act differently, they work differently, and they speak very differently. Um, I find that the, the men generally are very, uh, they're quite factual. They'll go to the point. There's actually no filter. There's really no filter with them. Uh, they're very straightforward. They'll bring up an issue and they'll lay it out on the table and it goes, okay, this is how what's happening. So how do we deal with it? I would say women's different. <laughs> Women would come in with a story and then another story and then they'll hit the points and then they'll, they, and then they present some of the errors and so forth. And, and I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm just saying that you have to know who you're working with too as well. And if you're working with somebody like a man who's really, there is no room of patience to, to listen to stories and so forth. They, they want the answers. Then you need to really drill down, drill down to the nitty gritty and, and address that uh, to the point. And that, that's understanding your coworkers, your peers, and, and even your superior. You, you really have to understand who you're working with. I've been in, in situations where I'm, I'm in an organization and I have to, um, I would say, uh, work with a brand new group that has re to restructure the department. And um, I'm a woman, but the whole department's men. Now, how do you work with them? And that, that's the reverse again, right? So uh, you give me an example of top down. I'm giving you an example of bottom up. It's like, okay, so I now run a department of men. So what do I do? Um, generally speaking, goes back to the core is that who are you working with and who are you talking to? And um, what are their capacities? And understanding them doing a lot of listening. In the pasture, I see that females like to speak before they listened. And I'm, generally, it's, it's both genders, but I'm now addressing to the Shiro's. The Shiro's, all of you who is very ambitious and wants to really uh, grow your career and, you know, listen more and um, sometimes talk less is good. And uh, what the men wants to see in Shiro's is um, your action. You are now competing in the male dominant field where physically, you have to be physically fit and mentally fit to compete in that level. So for the Shiro's out there who wants to climb up the ladder and for the companies who wants to attract uh, Shiro's, you, you really need to, to be able to understand whether you have the culture for it. Number one, are you able, when you bring them in, are you going to endure how they're going to work? Shiro's are going to work differently. Shiro's mm -hmm. are going to be the, their number one ambitious. They are bold. You know, they're going to sit on the table and they're going to speak their mind. And sometimes a little bit more than what you like, but you have to accept that. And that's diversity. That's accepting by diversity into the company is accepting their culture and their, their being themselves. You know, one of the things uh, we, we like to talk about on the, the panels are different book recommendations. And there's, there's one that just came to mind from what you were sharing, uh, Belinda, that I, I think is important for the team is that anyone who's watching today, you, if you think about what Linda shared, 
the world is so competitive today that we are all measured by our results. At the end of the day, whether you're a man or a woman, you're going to be measured by your results and your scorecard in your seat. And so if you are yeah. someone who wants to be the hero or shiro of your organization and grow to the next level, you got to make sure that you're getting those results at the end of the day. Because if you're not, it won't last for long. Maybe you'll have a month to get it right. Maybe you have two months to get it right, three months to get it right, six months to get it right if you yeah. work in Europe. And then... <laughs> And then you're out of there, right? And so what, what's really important for everyone to understand is we're all measured by results. So you have to decide who you want to be. And, and when you think of this question where you've been having on this panel of how to attract heroes, a book that comes to mind is actually uh, a book about uh, male athletes, of all things, but Tim Grover's uh, book, Relentless. Um, if you haven't read Relentless before, it talks about the idea of people with life who are closers versus cleaners. And it talks about the folks who who uh, need someone to sing their praises in order for them, is that their motivation to get their work done or someone who just knows they're good and is going to get their work done regardless and, and who shows up um, when they're getting those results. And when I think of the definition of the word Shiro, I think of this, this awesome lady who is a cleaner in the definition of that book and uh, cleaner, someone who doesn't even need you to say they did a good job and they just show up and get it done because they, they know that it's their gift and they're going to show up with excellence. They're going to knock it out. And it's just a powerful thought for you. So as you're, as you're thinking of that, you want to bring it out. One other book recommendation before we move to the next question, for those of you that work with female leaders that are introverted and male leaders that are introverted, okay, uh, the book Quiet, um, powerful uh, book that will help you um, learn how to communicate. It's not just different communicating with men and women. It's also important to communicate well with introverts and extroverts on your team. And Quiet will help you unpack um, the difference uh, between the two. And it's just as I'm hearing Belinda share these different office relationships and different leadership opportunities, those are two books that will help you be a better leader and help you build stronger teams as you're leading your organizations. Thank you. All right, back yeah, to you, Gail. Good answer. Yeah. yeah, amen. All right. Uh, thank you for those insights and thank you for those book recommendations, Sir Ben. Uh, the next question is, uh, Belinda, if there was only one new practice that a team or a company had a bandwidth to deploy, what would you suggest that they deploy in terms of attracting sheroes to their organization? I find that men will mentor another men very easily. Mm. <laughs> Women tend to lack in that area. Um, mm. I think women needs to sponsor more women and mentor other others as well. If there's one practice I would say to practice, uh, to initiate in a company is actually to have the female leaders take on someone else, to mentor them, to sponsor them, to help them grow in that capacity. Um, I find it's, it's quite clear, it's quite distinct too as well. When you see a group of men working together, it's a, they're supporting each other, you know, they're, they're having their, their, their very hot topic discussions and, and they could have that debate in the boardroom. And when they're out, you know, they have a beer and we're all cool. Uh, females are different, women's different. They debate in the boardroom, they carry it back home. <laughs> and that's it becomes a competitive arena it's like no that's totally wrong you need to just leave the boardroom and be okay go shopping or something but at the same time take on someone else and take on another female colleague of yours a junior and then help them step up to their plate help them become better help them to grow into their the biggest capacity um if there's one thing that needs to happen uh and and 
is that. And, and once a junior comes in and they're growing their capacity, they'll talk about the company. They will say, I've worked for the best company because I've actually grown so much and not that I'm not giving the opportunity and guess who's not giving me the opportunity is a she, not a he. So that that's something that I think all corporation needs to really practice is that take someone else, a female, and then make them and, and grow into their, in, into the biggest capacity. You know, it's so wonderful you share that as I look back on who's made a real difference, even in our own organization, you know, in the software company, um, my, my staff and myself have run for the last few years, it's been 13 years of our trek from seven employees to 65. And those mentorship calls have meant everything. If you look at the people who've become leaders in our organization, that track, I can see exactly what you're saying, Belinda, uh, you know, over half of our, more than half of our leadership seats are women in our organization and our incredible uh, Shiro leaders. And so I, thinking through how their journeys got them there. It was through other other women leaders too that mentored them in that mm -hmm. time. So I've seen mm -hmm. that play out. What you're saying, it really rings true in my mind. I know Ms. Gail's out in her head. I'm thinking about each of the women who poured into so many people in our organization. I have seen that to be very, very true. We call it TDC, it, it, which is so, another book recommendation. Trillion Dollar Coach. We we call it TDC time. That's what we call it in our organization. Our our sponsoring right. and mentoring time is, hey, go get an hour at TDC time. And people do that for periods of time on a weekly basis with another team member. And, and that's yeah. awesome. And that's awesome yeah. to have that individual time on the mentorship time. I mean, women should be able to feel safe in the mm -hmm. where they work. And mm -hmm. not to have to go to work and goes, oh my gosh, uh, someone's going to be at me for today to do this and that. No, women should go into an office and feel that this person, like if I go into office, I can I can count on someone else. Like I can go to a senior a female executive uh, or a manager to talk my heart out and not having word to be yelled at or even to, to be put down or to be belittled, right? So that, that's a lot of that that happens. The reality is that, I mean, we can sugarcoat everything and make it look beautiful. But the reality of the workforce is um, is a competitive environment. When there's another female, it can be a male too as well. I mean, sees another female doing well. I mean, it becomes a a war, <laughs> and and you don't want that. You you really want uh, the the real cohesiveness between all the other genders, between the men and the female, especially the female. I think uh, needs to needs to adopt and 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 make other females a safe place to be in. Because already you are minorities. And if you are going to strike out the other person, you're going to be even a bigger minority. <laughs> so I would actually recommend, you know, for um, companies out there, executives, is that, you know, really have a warm hug and welcome all those that are coming like the Shiro's and help them grow and, and be better uh, employees in your organization. Thank you for that, Belinda. And our last question is actually, uh, if you could go back in time 10 years, knowing all that you know now, what would you tell yourself? 10 years, what would I tell myself? Um, uh, I would say for all the Shiro's out there, um, when an opportunity comes to you, and I'm speaking to the Shiro's, when an opportunity comes to you, they normally come to you at the most inconvenient state. And don't ever be afraid to take that opportunity. Um, whether it is to um, 
it's a brand new gig or a brand new position or a brand new company that you have no idea with, you you, you absolutely no clue of. Um, but if it's presented to you, that means there is the there's the opportunity is is, is there. And you need to get out of your element to do it. Um, why do I say that? And, and Ben, you just said, I've worked in North America. I've worked in Asia, now I'm Middle East. So five years ago, I was given this opportunity to come to Dubai. It was not planned. It was something that um, it, it just was thrown onto me. And it was also quite inconvenient because we were just finishing building our house and <laughs> we're like, okay, we built this beautiful home and then we're about to leave. So, <laughs> but I took on that position because I thought, you know, I've never lived in Middle East and what have I got to lose? I have mm -hmm. nothing to lose, but everything to gain because mm -hmm. all the cultures and all how they do business here. And, and that just covers another continent. So growth for us as humans are, um, it's abundant. The growth is there. The growth opportunities are there. As whether you're men or women, um, you need to take upon yourself that to step out of it, like step out of your comfort zone. When I, we talk about it a lot and events talk about it a lot. Speakers talk about it a lot uh, about stepping out of your comfort zone. But when you're thrown that opportunity to step out, are you actually taking it? Uh, are you actually doing a 360 to adopt that change? Um, that is, again, a change management that I'm involved with in cooperation, but also individually. For 10 years ago, I would say, take on, do something new, not be afraid to be so cautious as, as calculating every single thing out there that uh, it's going to work out. Because in life, what I've learned is it doesn't matter how much you planned, it's never going to turn out the way you plan it. It never will but it will set up another path for you. And, uh, and uh, one door closes, another one open. That is indeed very true. Uh, but mentally you have to be ready for that to, to dive into something new and to accept it that it's a learning curve and to grow. And, and the last thing I wanna leave with all of you is that it's never a right or wrong in life. <laughs> it's always, you know, you make the best decision based on the information you got today. And tomorrow it could be different again. And so what? And that's life. You just move on, you learn and you correct yourself and it just keeps going on. That's that's the beauty of life. You know what I love about that picture you just painted, Belinda, as we wrap up the call, so many people think the road to success is is like this, right? And there's this meme that's gone around social media a lot that I really enjoy. I don't go on social media very much, but I had a friend share it with me where they said the road to success is, is, is this. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> and you so many times when we meet with folks who have been able to achieve or do some of the projects you've been able to do in your life, they've echoed that same thought. And we have to remember that is that many times uh, the thing we think is the thing, it's the it's the fruit or the fruit or the fruit or the steps under the steps under the steps under that of that thing that really becomes the value we're creating in the world. And you just have to be open mm -hmm. to what's next and how we're really solving for challenges in this space. I'm so, so grateful absolutely. you took the time to be here with us today, Belinda. It's just an absolute total treat. I'm looking forward to sharing this episode with the members of the DSEF and, and those who are here on our podcast. Um, we just want to say we appreciate you. We're grateful for you uh, for being here. And I'm just look, wishing you all the best uh, in this next season with all the work you do in the space. Thanks for being here today. Thank you. Thank you so much. It was a pleasure to share my insights. Thank you. 
All right. And for those of you that um, are attending today, if this was your first DSEF event um, and you would once again are looking for access to the rest of the information, go to directsellingexecutiveforum.com or you can go to LinkedIn and site, type in the Direct Selling Executive Forum to get access to the rest of the episodes. Thank you so much for being here today. Gail, thank you for hosting as always. Belinda, it was wonderful to have you on. Have an amazing day, gang. And let's, let's actually take action. That's what we learned today. Have a blessed day for now. Thank you, Gail. We'll see you soon. Bye for now. Bye.